0: Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Well, today uh, we are continuing our series called Encounter. And I want to start this morning's message with this idea, I don't know if you've ever, ever thought about it like this or thought about it this way, but when we encounter God, it is the infinite meeting the finite. Have you ever thought of it that way? That God, who is all-powerful, God, the creator of the universe, God, the author of life, God, the pre existent and eternally existing, meaning He has no end and no beginning, we are encountering God. And God is so powerful, so loving, and He is without limit, but He comes to us and He chooses to initiate relationship with us, but we are finite. He is infinite. We are finite. Have you ever thought about it that way? Have you ever thought about it in those terms that encounter is the infinite and the finite meeting? Because God has unlimited capacity and we have limited capacity. And if that's true, then there are some implications of that. And here's one of the implications going up on the screen. It's this. The implication is that our finite capacity for God is filled with stuff that limits our ability to encounter an infinite God. Meaning that we have limited capacity and sometimes within that limited capacity there is stuff that is limiting our ability to encounter God. So instead of just telling you, I'm going to show you. All right? So I have here a cup. Everyone see a cup? This is not a magic trick. I feel like it's a, it's a magic trick. Ah, oh, it's back. It's back. Where did it go? I have a cup, right? And here as well, I have actually, I'm going to need a volunteer. Miranda, would you, my beautiful daughter, why don't you give it up for Miranda? Come over this side. Hold this cup out. Okay, over the towel, all right? So in this jug, there is more water in this jug than this cup can fill. You're pretty confident with the concept, right? So this is what it's like, all right? So God's infinite capacity pouring into our finite capacity. Now, that is almost full, right? But here, what we see, we see the limits of the cup but not the limits of the jug. This is a picture. You're going to need to stay there. You will get a reward for this. Okay. The infinite meeting the finite. And so here's what happens in life. There is stuff that can displace the fullness of God in our life. And there are three, I think, three main types of stuff. The first is what I call, let's call them small rocks, right? So small rocks, I would say this is the busyness of life. Most often, we don't feel like with small rocks, we feel like they are obligations of life that we can do nothing about. And that's probably true. But here's what happens in the busyness of life, and particularly you'll find this around the stage of life, is that we can feel fill our cup, thank you, is that our cup, thank you, our cup can be filled with different things, different little of things that can build up and build up and displace the fullness of God in our life. That's one type of things. Yeah. The next type of thing. All right, we are filled with the fullness of God. The next type of thing is shiny things. Who likes shiny things? Let's be honest, okay? I know who you are. I'm not going to call you out, but I know who you are. Right? We like stuff, right? And part of the way that I define this is our relentless obsession for more. We want more stuff and bigger stuff and nicer stuff, all right? Everyone has their thing that they want more of. And so we have these. Now, these things, these are kind of things that we choose to pursue, and they're shiny. They look really good. And they displace the presence of God in our life. You're doing so well, Miranda, there. That's the second thing. There's one more. Are you ready for the last one? All right. Still, we haven't found a limit here. The last one, I'll pour it a bit more gently in there. The last one I'm going to call pain. These are the ugly rocks, and these are things that we don't choose. If we're honest... All of us have some pain in our life, but life is unfair and some of us have to deal with more pain than others. And sometimes the pain from our past displaces the presence of God and the fullness of God. Why don't you give it up for Miranda? There's a towel there. Just there. Stuff is going to displace our finite capacity for the infinite fullness of God. And the title of my message today is The Power of Less. Turn to the person next to you and say, The Power of Less. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you for this moment Lord, we pray that our hearts would be open, not just to a person speaking on a microphone, but actually to the voice of God, the Spirit of God that wants to speak spirit to spirit and life to life within us. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a character in the Bible in the New Testament. His name was John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, he was a wild one, okay? If you know anything about John the Baptist, he lived out in the desert. He had a wardrobe with camel hair clothes and he used to eat locusts and wild honey. All right. So he was like definitely on the fringes. And John the Baptist was called by God and he had a special message. Really, really interesting. He was Jesus's cousin. Some of you know that or don't know that. But He was Jesus' cousin. He had a a message to point people towards God. And John the Baptist had a deep and powerful understanding of this idea of the finite encountering the infinite and the infinite encountering the finite. And here's how he articulated it about Jesus in John chapter 3, and verse 30, he says, he, speaking of Jesus, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. What does that mean? Does that mean that John should be diminished in his personhood? No, he was talking about what we've been talking about. He needed to make room and make space for the fullness of God in him and also in his ministry. And he knew that we can occupy space that is designed only for God. And this morning, there are two things that we need to know. The first is this, only God can truly satisfy us. Only God can truly satisfy us. The second thing that we need to know is that only God can remove the stuff that's in us and repurpose that space for his glory. And this is sometimes where we slip up. And Sometimes we know that there is things and space that's set aside for God that we occupy, but we, we often say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with this pain or I'm going to deal with my obsession for stuff that is not helpful to my heart or my life, and we say, okay, I'm going to deal with that, then I'm going to make you space, God, and then I'm going to allow you to fill me. And God just wants to remind us that he is both the one who fills us with his fullness, but also he is the one that has the power to take the things that are occupying his space. Jesus said this, interesting, uh, interesting statement, John chapter 12, 25. He says, those that love their life in this world will lose it. But those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. What was he saying? What was he saying? Is Should we just become hermits? Should we just live a life that's devoid of any relationships? or any possessions, he's not saying that. He is saying this, but if you hold tightly to a life that is based on your stuff and your busyness and all the things that you want, which is an obsession, a selfish obsession for you, you that will come to nothing. You will hold on tightly. But if you release that and if you put your life under God's direction and God's hand, that's actually when you'll see a healthy life flow flooding. Now, this is the pattern of God's kingdom. In the Bible, Jesus de- defined his mission as to preach and speak the kingdom of God. What does the kingdom of God mean? The kingdom of God is countercultural and counterintuitive, and the kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. Think about it this way it's a new operating system it's a new way that we navigate the world so Jesus is saying i want you to think differently about what it means to, be, to thrive in life. And I want you to think differently about the type of life that's just about what you have and what you get. And I actually want to bring you into a place where you are open-handed with your life instead of grasping tightly onto all the things that you have and all the things that you want, where you open that and you trust God to be a source of life in your life. And this is the pattern Of God's kingdom. The pattern of God's kingdom is the power of less. Let me give you some examples. If you want more strength, embrace weakness. I don't know about you, but I often feel overwhelmed with the task ahead. There's too much that's out of my control. Yes, in life, in relationships, in parenting, also in leadership in work, in business, all those things. There are too many things that are out of my control and I don't have the energy or the force or the power to make everything happen under my own steam. And the Apostle Paul recorded a a word or a conversation that he had with Jesus where Jesus encouraged him and Jesus said, My grace is enough. It's all you need my strength comes into its own in your weakness. This is a kingdom thought, a countercultural, counterintuitive thought that sometimes our own strength and our own striving actually displaces the ability for God to bring his strength into being. And I've experienced that time and time again, but I never find it easy. To let go. So the power of less says, if we want more strength, we need to embrace weakness. What is the definition of weakness? It's reliance on God. Reliance on God's strength. It's not a passivity, but it's just saying, God, I'm bringing this to you and I'm surrendering this to you. That's the first example. The next thing, Jesus says, if you want more influence, embrace the posture of a servant. This is the power of less. Matthew 23, 11 and 12 says, The greatest among you, this is Jesus talking, must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I think it's a wonderful ambition to want to make a difference in the world. And I hope that you do. I think it's a wonderful ambition for us to want to be a positive influence. I think it's very, very healthy for us to say, I've got a message or an idea that I want to share with the world and impact as many people as possible. I hope you have ideas like that. I hope you have dreams like that. But what Jesus is saying is the way to achieve that is through service. It's not through self-promotion. It's not through self seeking. It's not through creating a system that's all about your own energy and effort. Now, you can achieve success like that, but it's not the type of success that brings uh, healing and hope to others. And it's not the type of success that brings peace to your heart. This is the power of less. If you want to more influence, embrace the posture of a servant. So when Jesus says, what we read before, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Here's what he's saying. If you want to be filled with the life of God, says, with the life of God, it has to be more about God and less about you. Have a think about that. If I want my life to be full of, that every space that was designed for God to be full of God, then it's got to be more about God and less about me. That's the hardest thing that a person could ever do, is to live a life. We are so wired, hardwired to live our life around what's good for us. But this is the power of of less, two questions. I believe that are relevant. So, how are we filled with the fullness of the presence of God? The first question, and how do we embrace the power of less in our lives? There's a, a scripture that I was reading uh, just this week as part of the daily Bible plan that we have. Available um, on the church website. It's called Rhythms of Renewal, and so we're reading along in uh, the book of First Corinthians. And I was I was reading just uh, as part of that plan, and as I was reading one Corinthians chapter seven, which is a brilliant chapter uh, for anyone in relationships, uh, key relationships. But these three verses just really spoke to this idea. And so uh, I want to share them with you. 1 Corinthians 7. You can turn in your Bibles there if you have one. 1 Corinthians 7, and I'm reading in the NLT New Living Translation, verse 29, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he says this, But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. Who knows that our time on earth, is short we blink things have happened so from now on because this is the context of this passage is talking about key relationships and marriage from now on those with wives should not focus only on their marriage this is interesting verse 30 those who weep or rejoice or buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions And those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. So let's break this down a little bit as we talk about the power of less. What I find fascinating in this passage is that we have a choice on three things. They're going to come up on the screen. We have choices on what we attach to, are absorbed with, and focus on. Did that pop out to you as you're reading? We have choices in these areas. And these are how our life becomes obsessed with more and obsessed with things and obsessed with stuff when we attach to, are absorbed with, and focus on certain areas, right? So these choices will determine what kind of rocks that we put in our life, what you're obsessed with, what you're absorbed by, what you think about, what you focus on, what you choose to attach to, what's really, really important to you. These will define the space that's available For the infinite to encounter the finite. And within this passage, we see that there's actually five categories that are here. And I think these are five categories that are relevant to each and every one of us. The first is people, the next is pain and pleasure, possessions and plans. Now, I'd say if we're looking for a list of things that we can attach to, be absorbed with and focus on, this would be pretty comprehensive, wouldn't you agree? And it hits different people in different ways. One of the things that I find fascinating is this idea of those who weep or rejoice should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy. Isn't that interesting? That doesn't mean that we should level out our lives, right? This is not what it's saying. Like emotionless, no highs and no lows. But I think that sometimes we can attach, and this is one of the saddest things that I've seen, is sometimes I see people attach themselves and, and are absorbed by pain. This rock that I'm holding up represents Pain And the pain that they have, the suffering that they have experienced becomes life-defining in a way that God wants to release and see that person become healed. So we can attach to our pain. We can also attach to pleasure, right? We look to link up experiences one after another that bring us the most personal pleasure. It's definitely a popular way to live. But God is saying, if you do, you're going to miss out on some things. And here's the alternative that the Apostle Paul is talking about. The alternative that he wants us to look at is this we see the clues in verse 29 says, the time that remains is very short, and also at the end of 31, he says, those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. And if I could give you any encouragement this morning, and if you could take one thing out of this message, it's this that God invites us to see our lives, to see everything that we are involved with in our life through the lens of the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. He invites us to see our lives through the lens of the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. Who knows that? Uh, For those that have worn glasses, who has ever worn glasses or used to wear glasses at some stage? Who knows that the lens, what you put over your eyes, brings things into focus and you can begin to see clearly. I want to say when we embrace that lens, we get to see our relationships. We get to see the people in our life. Sometimes we get to see that some of the relationships that we have are good for us and some of them are bad for us. And that's speaking to a couple of people right here in this moment. God is is saying that's a word for you. Sometimes we can see Uh, Things in a distorted way But when we see the the lens of the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ Let me break that down God's plan, God's design for flourishing and functioning the kingdom Eternity, meaning this life is a wafer It is is, um, going to dissipate, right? We have a short time We don't know what's next for us We don't know how long we have on this earth But God invites us to see just beyond the here and now and to think about doing things that have an internal impact, not just on us, but on on others around us. And so the invitation is not just to live for the moment. The invitation is to live for eternity. Now, let me ask you a question. How does that change the way that you view your life? That you get to have an eternal impact, not just in what you do, but your eternal impact is the interaction of you and others determines your eternal impact. This is the power of less. And so the invitation is to attach to Jesus and the things of God, to shift our focus off ourselves and to be absorbed by the presence and the purposes of God, this is what we invited us to. Now, I just did want to add something here because some of you might be saying, well, should our life just be an empty cup? Who knows that we have obligations in life? And if you want to uh, look for a religion where the purpose of that religion is actually um, emptiness, complete emptiness, you would go to a Buddhism in its purest form. So Buddhism is a religion of detachment where you would empty yourself of even key relationships and you would just embrace a, a life of full detachment. This is not the Christian life. The Christian life is fullness, but let me help you to understand a picture of the things that occupy this, right? So we have got this here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a sponge in there. Now, a sponge is something that occupies the space, but is still filled with water. And this is what God invites us to, that every single thing in our life, he wants us to open it up to allow the presence of God to flood into it. So in my life, I've got obligations. I've got responsibilities. I've got responsibilities as a husband and as a father. I don't want to empty my life of those responsibilities. They are wonderful, but actually what I want to do is open up like a sponge those things that I can allow the presence of God to flood into those things. This is a picture of what God invites us to do when we see our life through the, eternal, through the lens of the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. Let me give you five key points, and I'm going to invite Naomi uh, back up on the keys as we finish. Five key points. And as I'm reading these five, I want you to think about which one is, speaks to you, about how we can repurpose the opportunities that we have. The first is people. This is what the Apostle Paul's saying. Don't make pleasing or impressing people your life goal. Please people instead. Please God instead. Thank you. Spell check. As I spoke, there was a squiggly red line, and you clicked on. Please God instead. Any people pleasers here? I'm a natural people pleaser. I like people. I want people to please me. Sorry, please. (laughs) Uh. Please God instead. I want people to like me, not to laugh at me. Maybe that was God's way of humbling me. No, I don't believe God's like that. For all of us, some more than others, I think it's a good thing. We're wired for relationship. But I know when I have altered who I am away from God to fit in or to be popular, I have felt something like inside me. God invites us to please Him. The second one, I'll try and get this one right, but I'm sure you'll let me know if I don't. The next one is pain. Don't allow your pain to dictate your future. Allow God to heal your pain. I'm not saying these statements as like a, in like a trite way or like, Oh, we're just going to like, you're in pain. Don't be in pain. Oh, good. No, no, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just prompting you and encouraging you that God can heal your pain. Do you know how God is defined in the Old Testament? Healer. Do you know what Jesus did when he was on earth? He healed. Do you know what he wants to do? in your body, in your mind, with your past. He is a restorer of things. And when we say, God, yes, that's who you are, I receive that. That is a part of a process. I'm not saying it's not part of the process, but what I want you to do is to get your hopes up and your faith up, to say this thing that I've got going on, maybe it's in my body, it's a real thing, it's a painful thing, it's, it's out of alignment, right? Or this thing in my past, I want you to say, God, I believe that you can heal this. I believe that you can heal this. And so when faith starts to rise, God can begin to move. The third is this, pleasure. Don't base your whole life around what's good for you live for God and others. So easy to do for all of us. I want to encourage you for those here that would call themselves Jesus followers. We never graduate from serving others. It's part of what it means to follow Jesus is to do what he did to live the life of a servant. And guess what? It's deeply fulfilling it doesn't always feel great in the moment but it is deeply f- fulfilling the fourth is this possessions don't obsess with what you do or don't have and i in my own life i've seen obsession sometimes in what i want what i don't have or sometimes what i do have but if i realize That what I have is not just for me, it's to be used for the glory of God. That's the most releasing thing, right? So the things that God has given you, he hasn't just given you for yourself, he's given you to bless others, to glorify God. It's a really, really releasing thought. And the last one is this. Plans. Don't make plans without God. Get your life on God's agenda. Here's what I see sometimes in my own life. I make a plan and say, God, bless it. Here it is, God. It's a good plan. God, I've even got some scriptures. They're good ones. You wrote the Bible. You like scriptures. And God's like, Good work, my son. No, he doesn't he doesn't talk to me that God's like, Oh yeah, cool. But he's like, Okay. What about if you actually sought me for a plan, not just for the approval of your plan? Because we got it all figured out in our finite minds, with our finite options and opportunities. And our finite possibilities. And God's like, I know things you don't. I know things about what's going to happen in the future. And so, this is a wonderful way to live, but it's scary because you've got to take your hands off the wheel. You've got to release control. Now again, I'm not saying live a kind of like floating life. But don't hold on to your plans so tight. Don't hold on to the things that you want so tight. Don't hold on so tightly to your pain. Don't hold on so tightly to a life that's based on you getting what you think you want or what you think you deserve. But embrace the power of less where you allow God's fullness, not just in your cup, but in every part of your life like that sponge. You would just allow the presence of God to flow through. Why don't you bow your heads? I'm gonna pray. The power of less. The power of less. I'll ask you a question. I'm not gonna get you to respond out loud, but a reflection question. What are you holding on to really, really tightly? What idea or plan or desire or thing that even right now the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, what about that thing? What about that area of your life? Do you reckon you'd give me any space in there? What is it for you? The Holy Spirit wants to speak spirit to spirit, life to life. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're at work. We thank you that you are a healer. We thank you that your presence is alive. We thank you that your spirit is here. Lord, right now we pray that you would speak spirit to spirit. Even right now, we pray that you would heal bodies, you would heal emotions, you would heal trauma past negative experiences some of you when you think of a past experience it still hurts you makes you cringe God is bringing healing to that right now God is bringing healing to your memories thank you God thank you for your beauty thank you for your life thank you that you are kind thanks for joining us for this message We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.